0: All right, I'm going to start with one, because I mentioned him before. I think he was the guy that probably went home with the biggest smile after the game. (laughs) Local guy made good, Lake Zurich's very own, and also the pride of Wisconsin, Jack Sanborn, who I guess at practice on Monday got a little bit of a promotion to the second team, Dan. Is that correct? And now he is going to be one of these linebackers. You can envision him being a four-phase guy. He's got a real shot to make a team after a strong showing Saturday that included a takeaway.
1: So it's it's wonderful, as you know, when you're in the newspaper business to write a story and then have that story really get the spotlight uh, on game day. And I, I wrote a story going into the game about the five local kids, right, playing their first game for the Chicago Bears. Jack Sanborn, uh, Micah do Treadway, James O'Shaughnessy, Doug Kramer, Michael Schofield, as we talked about. And Sanborn was a guy I sat down and had a chance to talk to last week or two weeks ago now and said that the first game that he ever watched in the NFL was Super Bowl that the Bears and the Colts played in and it was like this moment at six years old in first grade where he was like wow my family's really into this Sunday and he tunes in and he watches you know Devin Hester kick return and that that that, that game that we all remember and you say boy one I'm old if, if he was six when that happened and two this guy has an appreciation for the opportunity he has in front of him to play for his hometown team you mentioned it on Saturday an interception a fumble recovery, a tackle for loss on Ronald Jones, a tackle on punt coverage, another tackle on kick coverage. This is a guy who's trying to show this coaching staff that he can do a lot of different things and be reliable in a lot of different ways. And I think you are very justified in giving that speech and flipping that game ball to to, to Jack at the end of that day. That's pretty cool stuff.
0: Can I give out another one? Jaquan Brisker, he was tremendous. He came ready to prove something. He likes to hit. He's physical. He is... He cleans uh, up piles. He tackles with authority. He's fundamentally sound, and I like that he's not phased by much. So he had a heck of a series that showed you, even though it may have been against Chief Reserves or whoever, he was a rookie as well, and he flashed, and he showed you what the Bears saw when they made him their second pick in the second round.
1: So I was lining up to give my game ball to, to Sam Sanborn, but I had a second one to give out to rookie running back, Tristan Ebner, right? And this is another guy starts the game with a 34 yard kickoff return. And you say, okay, little sizzle there. This guy can get out and, and maybe be an answer for them in the kick return game. If they decide Valus Jones is not the guy they want as their, their number one kick returner. Well, then he gets in an offense and there's that cut that he makes right on the big 27 yard run that made a lot of Twitter go real nuts for a few minutes with the chat the, the cut that Treston Ebner made, but Luke Getzi mentioned it on Monday. As much as the cut that got him in the open field, it was the way he finished the run, lowered his shoulder, and got an extra five or six yards on the end of that run because he was willing to do what Brisker did, as you just mentioned, and, and lower his head and be physical and be intense and finish. That's a big sign. And then he obviously scores the Bears' first touchdown of the preseason on a 12-yard catch from Trevor Simeon, right? And one of the reasons the Bears drafted Ebner is because they believe he can be a weapon in the passing game. They think he runs good routes. They think they can use him in a lot of different ways as a pass catcher whether it's out of the backfield or spread out as a receiver and there is obvious potential here now obviously you know the path onto the field and the path to playing time for young running backs in this league is understanding how to pass block right and understanding how to pick up blitzes and be a reliable pass protector so your quarterback doesn't get killed Justin never has got some work to do there but he didn't take away from me throwing him the game ball and saying good job rook let's see what you got the next time out
0: let's let's finish up with the two-minute drill All right, Dan, I got three quick points I want to make. Number one, I will say that the field was unacceptable. I will be (laughs) that guy that overreacts. I will be the one that says it hasn't gotten any better. It has nothing to do with Arlington Heights, but it needs to be better. And the Bears should be a little bit embarrassed, and the city should as well, because that is no way to stage an NFL game because of the danger it presents. And they're lucky that nobody got hurt.
1: It's a joke. Andy Reid said that uh, it it was uh, better than his high school field, but not by much. Right? That's not the type of review of your field that you want. You had a lot of people weighing in from agents to uh, JC Treader, the head of the NFLPA. You 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 you've got to figure out a way to 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 put out a better product. It's like everything the Bears do, right? Like you have to to want more, right? Like you have to want more out of what you do for others, right? And 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 the the impression that you give. And in this regard, I don't know, David. You've been around longer than I have. I don't know what the staunch resistance has been forever in getting field turf put down on that field, uh, because I certainly think that would take away a lot of this conversation really quickly.
0: I I have written a lot about this. I have talked a lot about this over the years. The bears remain staunchly in favor of of, uh, natural grass because they believe the studies that they have conducted. I don't have the data in front of me and they haven't shared it but they believe that they are reducing injuries by staying with what they're staying with. I don't know that that's the case. It doesn't seem valid to me, Um, but I also worry this, Dan, as this becomes more politically charged over the next five years, if they indeed are moving to Arlington Heights, what motivation will the city have to give the bears a, a field that, that it deserves, that the league deserves, that every player deserves because, hey, they're leaving and they're unhappy and it's a bad relationship. So you wonder if they're going to be motivated to, to you know, spruce things up before they walk out that door.
1: That would be ugly, and the field certainly was ugly on Saturday. And I think Brad Biggs looked it up, and there's three more concerts before the Bears open the regular season on September 11th against the 49ers. Let's hope they figure out a way to get that thing looking better.
0: Yeah, I'm blaming Elton John more than Mother Nature. I think that's uh, fair to say. Well, there's a
1: Ramstein concert coming up, so let's see what they do to the I, field.
0: I don't know if I have tickets for that. I'm more of a country guy. All right, two, two other little things, Dan, I think the Bear mentioned for me. Trevor Simeon, I think, looks sharp. I think the Bears can feel very good about their backup quarterback. I wanted to say that because he did – He will play
1: in the season, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he could play this year given how much Justin Fields – we saw, God forbid, Zach Wilson went down for the Jets. You don't know when you have a quarterback on the move what's going to happen. But I like Trevor Simeon's debut. Also, maybe you can expand on this a little bit. The offensive line remains in a state of flux. Very curious. I like what Braxton Jones did. Michael Schofield had that bad sack, but it's one play – uh, Tr- uh, Riley Reef did not play. But, Dan, to me, one of the bigger developments was at practice on Monday. Tevin Jenkins, who did get a little bit of extended run, he was with the second-team offense at right guard, and I wonder what that
1: means. Well, so that was one of the three nuggets I had written down on my, on my sheet, and that is something that I'm going to be watching very closely Thursday when they play the Seahawks because they've obviously made a switch there. Tevin played 36 snaps at tackle in the preseason opener. There were some good moments, some bad moments, and obviously he's not competing anymore for the starting tackle position right they feel good there they took Braxton Jones out after 18 snaps which tells you he's their week one starter at left tackle right and that they want to protect him as much as they want to protect the rest of the starters and so now it's up to Tevin to figure out if he can handle the right guard position Luke Getze said in their system the guard position is more mentally taxing and they think it's it's a uh, uh, something that Tevin can handle well now you got to go out and show somebody whether it's the Bears or someone else somewhere else in the league uh, that you can play and you can be a part of their program. And it's a, it's a big couple weeks coming up for Tevin Jenkins.
0: I'm looking forward to seeing Kyler Gordon in Seattle, back home in his NFL debut for the bears. He practiced on Monday. Let's hope he stays on the field. The biggest ability is availability and as good as Brisker played in the first game on Saturday, those two guys together, that should excite Bears fans. So I hope that Kyler Gordon gets a good run against the
1: Seahawks. So I'm going to give you a receiver to watch on Thursday. We gave you Tajay Sharp last week. I hope you made your prop bets on that <laughs> Tajay Sharp catches <laughs> wherever you go. But Dante Pettis is a guy who, if he can stay healthy, can win a roster spot here. And he hit the big reception from Trevor Simeon to convert a fourth and two on a route that came open out of the slot and a really nice pitch and catch from two veterans. That's a guy, again, with, with all the attrition in the receiving core and all the moving parts, some of these veterans have a chance to really show themselves to the coaching staff pettis had some moments on saturday that were bright he'll get more there the other thing i want to watch some more of is matt eberflus right and just watching him handle games and so i've mentioned this all week and it's a small moment but i think it's a big moment at the same time matt eberflus the proud new owner of a red challenge flag i don't know if he keeps it in his sock or his pocket or in his hat or wherever else it is but matt threw his first challenge flag on saturday And he won his challenge. And a nine-yard gain turned into an incompletion. And what that did for the Bears was push the Chiefs from third and one to third and ten. And then the next play, Jack Sanborn stepped up and intercepted the ball. And then after Jack Sanborn intercepted the ball, the offense took a short field and went on a 27-yard touchdown march. And you said, boy, this all started with someone up in the booth saying, hey, Matt, challenge this. Matt reacting quick enough to get the flag down, challenging properly, winning a challenge. And then the snowball built right and this is something we haven't seen from past coaching staffs enough the ability to turn good coaching decisions into moments that can mean more that's one if it happened in the regular season we'd be talking about it for two days we'll mention it here on the show that's
0: a great point because when i talk about evidence of coaching you're looking for little moments in the game that a decision makes a difference on the scoreboard or on the field change of possession and that was it because of that challenge and i do think this and again i don't like the comparison but Matt Eberflus had the presence of mind. He wasn't caught up in calling the next series. He wasn't caught up in yelling at the referees at that time. He wasn't caught up in anything except for what was happening in real time. In that moment, he was present. And he had the presence of mind to make the decision to make the challenge. Now, he's going to be wrong sometimes, but in this first case, he was right, and it made an impact. So I'm glad you pointed that out because overall, Flusi had a good day.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And you know what they say, David, they say this in the podcasting business. They say it in the NFL. You make your biggest jump from episode one to episode two. I think we just did it, didn't we?
0: I think we did. I think (laughs) you like that. I think it's a great segue.